SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, December 17th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez. And with me, as always, is my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candles at both ends, trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day. And we fundamentally put the fun in functional sports content. So get on with us every weekday morning here right on the grid. And, Kev, I don't know if people realize it, right, because we've got football. We've got college football football controversy we've got the holiday season when people are making their preparations for wherever they may go but the nba kev gets started in five days the season opener tips off in five days so we're going to take some time on this episode of the early line to get everybody ready in the betting markets at least per the divisions right and let people know who should be winning those divisions? Where are the playoff teams stacking up? And we will look at that today, Kev. But I know you, of all people, have to be very excited with the fact that the NBA has the shortest turnaround in American pro sports history. I remember when we were approaching the NFL season, and every week or so, you would be like, you know, we are 15 days away. And I'm like, dang, you can't drop that that on me. Like, I there's no way we're that close to the NFL season. As we approach this, I have no idea if people are aware how close the NBA season is, but I have been the whole time. There's no sneaking up on me here. I am over the moon about all of this. I know it's a short turnaround. I know people are worried. What's the rest look like? Who's going to be taking games off? Who's going to be playing less minutes? We're going to go through it together. We're going to figure it out. I can't wait. I am excited. There are so many storylines entering this season. There's 30 teams in the league. I think, I don't know, Dane, 26 of them got a shot at making the playoffs, if not more. Mm. I I cannot wait for it. I love all of it. It's great. It's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. You know what's interesting? Maybe 26 have a shot at the playoffs, but then maybe only like two or three have a shot at winning the title, which is an interesting Mm. kind of dynamic, especially when we talk about tiers. But the biggest news, right, is that this is happening in the context of this long, dark winter that we're supposed to be having. This is now the second season or postseason that the NBA is going to be doing in this COVID context. As you know, Kev, they are not going with the bubble. Right. And Mm -hmm. so that then there becomes an even bigger emphasis on the protocols, on the processes, on the policies that the NBA and the NBA players will have to kind of adhere to in order to, you know, have the best chance of having this season 
get to the finish line, quite frankly, right? And we got better positive news from the NBA again on that front. If you remember, Kev, the first time when they did a round of testing, it was at like 8 9%, a concerning number, right? Because, uh-oh, is that really sustainable? Well, in the last go-around, it went all the way down to, I think, like 2%, you know, kind of more commensurate with society. And we have another round of testing, Kev, and it went down even more, right? Our guy Mark Stein is reporting there was only, what, one positive test or a handful of positive tests. You absolutely love to see that. As we welcome in our radio audience, big shout out to all the affiliates getting up on the grid early with us. Kevin, as we stand on the edge of the season, getting news like this is a positive piece for the NBA. Yeah, it's really hard not to be optimistic uh, as it pertains to this NBA season. And I feel like it's as optimistic as you can possibly be for a league running under the circumstances that which the NBA will be running, which is an indoor sport, which we think yeah. matters, uh, a multiple games a week, traveling yeah. during COVID times. I think... As however positive of an outlook that you could have around a league running in under those circumstances, that's what I have in the NBA. And that I remember that first round of testing was jarring. And and I had offered you, I said, you would think that's the height of it. And I think very appropriately, like, no guarantee of that. You're like, this is right. there's absolutely no These guarantee. These are all that just that snapshots of time. They're all snapshots. Exactly. Of time. At the end of the day, we don't know how these things will trend, right? But it's always better to see the number go down than up. And sure. the number has, as you've mentioned, it has gone drastically down to the point that now, I mean, that's the last round of testing results that we will get before the season gets underway. And the yeah. one interesting thing with the NBA season is they will be playing kind of through what should be the vaccination period of the country. And it'll, right. you know, I wonder if we get to a point where it's a little night and day, right? It, so last year's NBA season had pre-pandemic and then the bubble. And I wonder if sure. this now NBA season will have in the midst of the pandemic post-vaccination right. and how that'll change things. Like to the point where, you know, this year, I wonder if people say, oh, I don't, the seating, why does it matter? I wonder for people, and you know, Dane, even for yourself, is the expectation that for the NBA playoffs we have fans, fans. legitimate, yeah. or, or, you know, buildings sold out? Because then that will matter for how teams are trying to compete for seating. No, I think that makes sense. You know, you talk about this, we hear in this country that come the summertime, anybody who wants the shot should be able to get the shot, right? And that will be when the NBA playoffs are going on. Remember, they're going to try to end the NBA playoffs, right, up against the same time frame as the start of the rescheduled 2021 Summer Olympics, right? So by that time, we do hope that we have popped out the other side of this pandemic. We look at the divisions when we come back. Preview of the NBA. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, putting the fun and functional sports content. Dane and Kev. Kev, we're going to look at the NBA, which tips off for real in five days, Kev. And you know we got football to talk about on Friday, on Monday. And then the next time we do a show on Tuesday, it will be the night of the NBA season opener. So if you want to get in early on the early line, we got to talk about it today. Let's start with the Pacific Division, Kev, because we all know what you think about the Pacific Division, right? If you look at the odds to win that division out, West. This is where the defending champion Lakers are. They are minus money to win the division again. Okay. We all know Kevin loves the Lakers. Okay. So let's talk about the Clippers, Golden State. Mm -hmm. Is there any universe there? I mean, Golden State, 18 to 1 to win this division at their height. You know, Kev, obviously this is when we thought Clay Thompson would still be there as well. Yeah. But at their height, they were getting steamed all the way less than 10 to 1 to win the NBA championship. They still have MVP Steph, uh, Steph Curry. We still have guys mm -hmm. like Wiggins, the number two overall pick. I understand the Lakers are runaway favorites to win this division, and they should be because they got deeper younger over the offseason but then talk to me about teams like the clippers like golden state and even phoenix do you see them above the line in the playoffs what do you see happening in this division comprehensively you, you bring up a fascinating point and i just checked it out the warriors have shorter odds to win the western conference than win than this division, division. <laughs> Which is fascinating to me that there is that level of confidence in the lakers and I know clippers why. output in the regular season well, is it is it a depth thing? Because I but you would think no, they it's the universe around... in the playoffs. It's because it, you have said this before when you're handicapping the West. You have said this before. Mm -hmm. The concept of someone else doing the team's bidding to knock the Lakers out. Okay, in a right. regular season, right, over the stretch of whatever it is, 72, 82, 65 games, whatever it is, in mm -hmm. that kind of format, the cream rises to the top, and there's even more of a chance that the Lakers will ultimately over the course of a regular season, right? In a playoffs, though, you don't know the matchups. You don't know how these teams will look at the starting line of the playoffs. And then to your usual point, if someone, you know, the idea of Golden State getting there factors in and, you know, the thousand simulations of it all, other people doing the bidding and what happens if the Lakers get tripped up, that could account for some of the differences where in a regular season market to win a division, the Lakers could get tripped up and still win the division by five games. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point there. My thing is for the Clippers and the Lakers, I feel like for a lot of people there's a perception that they're going to be resting a lot during the regular mm. season, which is pretty so it's it's just it's pretty interesting to watch people have to battle those. I think the Lakers are accurately priced as the favorites. I think they added depth to their roster, which if they are resting as much as people think will mitigate some of those concerns. I also don't think they're going to be resting as much as people think. I think the Clippers will be though because I already know Kawhi is going to miss a bunch of games and I think losing Montrezl Harrell for as much as people think is a great move in replacing him with Serge Ibaka that's postseason not regular season there were nights Montrezl Harrell needed to lead that team scoring Serge Ibaka is not going to lead the Clippers in scoring so I think it would be either the Lakers or I would come to the Golden State Warriors and I think if we got to a point, I know this was something that was available for the NFL. I don't know. NBA, a little bit less meat on the bone. I get it. But a Warriors to finish second, a better record than the mm. Clippers, I think would be interesting. 
Interesting. And, you know, that's, you know, we see that exact division order finish in the NFL. We see heads up mm-hmm. bets in golf, right? Uh, maybe you could bet heads up the Warriors over the Clippers, or maybe you could try it by, in essence, taking an over on the Warriors win total and an under, or maybe parlayed with an under on the Clippers win total. I was talking to the guys on Kaplan and crew out there on 1090, and, you know, they're out there. They're very plugged in, and, you know, their questions about the Lakers are not around LeBron at age whatever he is in his 75th Hmm. NBA season and they respect the idea that you know Montez Harrell Dennis Schroeder helps him get younger keeps the hunger alive let me ask you something though AD Mm. AD got his ring he got paid you know, we don't we we understand that LeBron is chasing history, would never take his foot off the gas pedal, would never get fat like James Harden. Do you think there's any complacency potential for a guy like AD this year now that he's, you know, gotten all the accolades? Oh, like he's crossed the finish line for one level of his career. He's won a title, he got paid. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. I think it goes the other way. And there's pe- hmm. people usually believe that when you get that first ring, it takes this weight off your shoulder that you now can elevate your game, that you can go about things in a different way. You have this reassurance of yourself that you are a championship player. Just hold AD up against Giannis, right? If I ask you who the better player is it, before the playoffs, it's Giannis in a route. If I ask you now, people will take Anthony Davis because they say his game holds up better in a postseason setting. And I think that confidence for Anthony Davis will show. There's a reason why he is priced in front of LeBron for the MVP. And I think ultimately, LeBron has the ability to hold him accountable to stop that complacency from happening. And everything that we understand about that relationship is not only does LeBron hold AD accountable, but AD apparently did a heck of a job holding LeBron accountable. Every single good defensive play that LeBron made, people would credit to Anthony Davis pushing him on that end. All right, fair enough. Well, hopefully that remains the case after the ring and after the contract. You talk about MVP awards, so let's go to the Southwest Division, Kev, because in that division we have the favorite, even bigger favorites than the Lakers, in essence, to win that division. That could be because of the rest of the competition in that division. But we have the Dallas Mavericks at minus 195, and they boast the favorite for the league MVP in Luka Doncic. Two-part question again, Dallas. Dallas, the deserving favorites, and do you have any surprises in this division that may perform over their numbers? So I don't think Dallas is a deserving favorite of this level because I believe if you told bookmakers that James Harden was going to stay for the rest of this year, the Rockets would be the favorite. And if that wouldn't be the case, then I think it would be a mistake. James Harden has made it to the playoffs every single year of his tenure in Houston. James Harden versus Luka Doncic is a very interesting conversation where I know people have moved over to the Luka side of that conversation. I think it's close. I understand the Luka side of it. If he continues to grow through the season, I get it. But James Harden is one of the absolute best players in the world. And I think one of the things that isn't being factored in a ton is Chris Stapp's health. He's not starting right. the season ready to go for Dallas from everything that I understand. So I look at the Rockets here. We're talking about plus 480. You know, plus mm-hmm. 480 on Harden to stay. 
is almost how I view that. And I'm not mad at those odds. And the worst case, right, is Harden gets traded. But what if I get a sweet return? Right? I mean, first of all, I have John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Christian Woodward, Gordon, CJ sure. Tucker. Sure. I've got a legitimate group already staying. Right. If I get the return back, should include an all-star. Right. Right. If I get back a Ben Simmons, pumped about that. If I got back a Bam out of Bio or whatever the and Spencer is. Dinwiddie. Lever, right. A Bam yeah, out of like Bio. All yeah. of these valuable Nets players. And then a, maybe a, a surprise package. Right. You know, all of a sudden the Raptors get involved and Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. You never know. That's my thing about the Rockets is I feel like even the worst case scenario, which is Harden gets traded, is still not that bad to where I'm not sure the the Mavs should be sat here at almost minus 200. Listen, so maybe you want to take a uh, gander at the Rockets at plus 480. That may be the value that we have found so far. We will continue to look. I got to tell you the truth, Kev. You know, you always got to people think about what happened last year, right? Especially in the college football playoff standings, as we have seen. You almost have to get ahead of it and think about like, well, who are the teams that are going to take that step forward, right? And think about it in that way. And I find New Orleans intriguing, right? If Zion and Ball and Ingram continue to develop, right? Could they be a team that takes a meteoric kind of jump? The way that teams do every single year, they are a candidate for that, in my opinion. We will continue to look at the divisions and find value with our guy, the candle burner. When we come back, we're off and running right here. Playoff edition, early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, an NBA preview hour here, looking at all these teams, because this this season, guys, it tips off in five days, so we got to get you to understand the framework, what are the teams we like, what are the teams we don't like, what are going to be some of the angles we think about in all of these divisions, and Kev, we were looking at the uh, the Southwest Division, and, you know, I, I ask you again about New Orleans. Now, I understand they're a very young team, I under- but remember, when Zion was with them in the second half, they were kind of making a huge push. Everyone thought they would make it all the way to the playoffs. That didn't happen ultimately because of the bubble, but we expect people to take steps, take leaps. Look at what happened with Luka. Look at what's happened with Giannis. Look at what's happened with a guy like Trey Young, let's say even Jamal Murray early in his career. It happens all the time. And there is, you know, the uh, most improved player of the year on that roster already, right? There's a lot of other pieces they added that the veteran presence for some of these kids. I think about a guy like Redick. I think about about a guy like Steven Adams in the middle to add some toughness. Like, I know it's not a um, an obvious choice, but what about the Pelicans at 5-1 to one to win the division, 43-1 to one to win the West? Could they take that big leap forward? Yeah, uh, here's my thing. I don't mind at all because I'm going to say, if I told you that Zion, by season's end, is viewed as one of the 10 best players in the NBA, there's a lot of people that get that. no. Luka Doncic just in a year or two was first team All-NBA. Luka is consensus top eight players in this league. I know it's a big leap, but there's a favorite to win the MVP award. (laughs) 
listen, yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a world where Zion goes high up those boards. Brandon Ingram is going to be expected to make an all-star team. Lonzo and Eric Bledsoe could be the best defensive backcourt in basketball. My issue that with them, I worry a bit about the spacing. But I do think they can be a be a really good team and be competitive here. I don't think that's a team that is like, eh, we're happy being the 14th. That that's not the Pelicans. Right. And if and that's so, and let me make this point as well, because I'm saying I like the Rockets here in this division. It is sure. not just a pro Rockets thing. I'm not, it's, I'm not sure about all of the Mavericks love. I love Luka Doncic. I agree with how everybody views this guy. Mm. But last year, they had the single best offensive rating in NBA history. And now some people might say, oh, what is that stat? Who right. cares? Because I know some people, they don't like analytics. Here are the people. If you go through that list of the best offensive ratings ever, 73-win Warriors, 72-win Bulls, Showtime Lakers, you know, the Space and Pace Suns, Rockets. Yeah. It's literally all of the best offenses you've ever seen. And, and the Mavericks last year sit in front of them. So that one, yeah. that speaks to Luka, but – there's regression coming typically. I mean, they, are they? Is Luka Doncic just going to every single year generate the yeah. greatest offenses ever? KP is, health. and he's good. And that's the other thing. The timetable for them is January first, going back to on court activities. I like that. So January one has okay. on court activities. Mid January, late January. Yeah, February. It's not that's a guy that's been some modicum of health uh, since he's yeah. been there. So I, I think it's almost this, a division. I don't mind if you approach it saying I'm going other. Heck, I'm trying listen, to be the favorite. Yeah. At the end of the day, I can sell you probably on the back two teams. Spurs. All I have to say is Popovich. You'll and people will buy enough of that. And yeah. I don't know if anybody's been watching John Moran during this preseason. Sure. That man is on a single solitary mission to make sure nobody thinks that him winning yeah. Rookie of the Year and that team being as sweet as they were last yeah. year was a fluke. Listen, Memphis is one of those teams, even kind of along with New Orleans and others that we're about to talk about, that have those young ascending cores that we really, really like, right? And there's a number of them in the Northwest Division as well. So let's look at them real quick here, Kev. As we go to the Northwest, the Denver Nuggets are the favorites, okay? It's yeah. a shorter price than out there in the Pacific or in the Southwest. But, you know, we're just going to get into that very familiar narrative, Kev, of, you know, not giving the Nuggets the respect that they deserve. They were in the Western Conference Finals last year. We like what they do. So, but there's a lot of other teams on this graphic that I know we have talked about and liked. This yeah. is an interesting division to me. So let's start by asking you, do you believe the Nuggets are worthy favorites or should they be minus money as they are right now? So I think that Denver is a worthy favorite. They have continually got the job done in the NBA regular season. And then last year, went that extra mile and got themselves to the Western Conference Finals. And if you're the Denver Nuggets, can you now have even more confidence entering this season? Nikola Jokic has looked, has looked really nice during this preseason. He almost put up a triple-double the other night. Uh, again, playing very limited minutes. And... I think the Nuggets at minus 130, it makes a world of sense. But it doesn't mean that they're not going to have a lot of competition for that top spot there. Because I did not Mm. love the Nuggets offseason. I think the Nuggets' improvement has to come from Murray sustaining some level of the play that he put up during last year's postseason and Michael Porter Jr. continuing to get better and maybe Bull Bull entering the fray a little bit more. Before we get to the Blazers, 
here's my thing with the Utah Jazz. Mm. A lot of people are looking for MVPs, right? People are trying to figure out who's going to win the award. Now, I, it's tough because when you're, you're betting it, you're betting it to win. So sometimes CLV is not enough, and cash-out options right. isn't enough for people. What, well, last I checked, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell was 85 to 1 to win that award. Hmm. Dane, he averaged 36 a game last year in the playoffs. I hear you. I he hear you. 36 a game last year in the playoffs. For the love of God, if this guy leads the NBA in scoring – and the Utah Jazz live up to what they were supposed to be last year. I don't know. I don't know if people have forgotten here. The Utah Jazz last year, people thought were going to have a better record than the Lakers. That they were going to possibly be the two seed in the West. If Mike Conley starts to mesh a little bit better, Bogdanovich comes back healthy, and Rudy Gobert keeps being one of the three best defensive players the league is offering, and then Donovan Mitchell carries the offensive load and is a thirty points per game right. scorer. How is how can Donovan Mitchell not be in the conversation for the award? So here's the deal for me as it relates to Donovan Mitchell for, for the award that you're talking about. You explained mm-hmm. it. There's two pieces, right? There's Mitchell's performances, and then there's where the Jazz stack up, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the second part of that will be kind of the whammy for Donovan Mitchell's MVP candidacy, right? Let I'll tell you this. If the Jazz enter the NBA playoffs as the two seed in the West or the three seed in the West, then I think yeah. your 85 to 1 value looks real good, Kev, okay? Mm-hmm. But if they come in as a, you know, in a huge group of teams in the West that are four through seven that we all kind of like, but don't actually take seriously as a finals contender, then no, that won't happen. Right. Because then Mitchell would get beat out by whoever that player is on the team. That's second or third in the West. Do you know what I mean? We all know about LeBron. That's fine. Right. But in this division, even right. If the nuggets are ahead of them, then Jokic would get the credit more than Mitchell. Right. In this other division, we're talking about if the Mavs are the two seed, then Luca with the narrative, it would happen. He would need the second part of that. And that is the Utah jazz to literally be top three in the east their second odds here in their division i think you know they fall something like fourth or fifth in the conference odds and i think that that would be the barrier for donovan mitchell although in essence if you're betting spider for mvp i think part of what you're inherently betting is utah to win the northwest division so that's an interesting way of skinning the Mm -hmm. cat talk to me about portland they're a team that it seems like a lot of people like what they did in the offseason you said you didn't love what denver did in the offseason i like what portland Portland did, right? Bringing Melo back, mm-hmm. getting Covington, adding even to their front court, bringing Cantor back. We know what they have in the backcourt, right? You know, arguably the best backcourt in the NBA with Dame Dollar and CJ McCollum. I'm sure there's others in the conversation, but the Trailblazers duo belongs there. Talk to me about, though, mm-hmm. Portland, because look, our, we talked three teams in the Pacific already, right? LA, LA, Golden yeah. State. You like them all to make the playoffs, sort of, right? In the Southwest, Dallas, Houston, New Orleans, that's three already. Portland now has the third in this division. Three plus three plus three is nine. Last I checked, only eight make the playoffs after the play-ins and all that stuff. So you could like Mm -hmm. Portland, and they could still be on the outside looking in. Talk to me about the Trailblazers, or if you believe the T-Wolves or the Thunder can kind of bow up and rise above expectations. And and that nine, again, it doesn't in- include the Grizzlies or the Phoenix Suns. Oh, yeah. The West is loaded. Yeah. No doubt about it. 
I'll quickly say I think the Thunder are going to be fun to watch for people like myself. It's just a bunch of young kids out there figuring it out. But no, I'm not going to sell you on them winning the Northwest. I think the Timberwolves are another team that fits the description of one that wants to be in the playoff conversation. Mm. That's a lot on Carl Anthony Towns' plate, but I don't know if I can ultimately see them getting there. So here's the thing with Portland that I've found out, Dane, is the love for Portland, right? And last year you were huge on this team, and I started telling you a little bit about him possibly Damian Lillard winning MVP. Like a a Mm -hmm. month or so ago, we were talking about the futures market, in the West, and I was telling you, I'm like, Dane, right. like, I'm selling you on your own team here in the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, a lot of people are are drinking the Blazers Kool Aid. A lot of people. The other day, Ariel put up a poll that I had helped her. You know, we just kind of put it together on an in-game live of, and mm-hmm. it was who do you like for MVP? A lot of Damian Lillard submissions made the cut. Really, uh, Rob Perez, who comes on uh, their show sure. all the time, has a big Rob. presence on NBA Twitter. Yeah, he's in on Damian Lillard. To win the MVP. So Damian Lillard is going to get a lot of this love. And that's exciting. And I think Damian warrants a lot of that love. And I think Robert Covington was a great addition. And I think Yusuf Nurkic for a full season is great. And I'm excited about what Derek Jones can do. You have to feel there's a there's a but coming here. And the but yeah. is, last year, why was I almost laughing off this team possibly competing with the Lakers? Couldn't defend. I mean, they're giving up 120 a night. Their defense should be better. I just don't know how much better. And if they're going to defend at that poor of a level, it's going to be hard for them to get where they need to go. But they're live. All right, they're fair live. enough. We'll, talk, we'll, we'll take a look at the Eastern Conference when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane and Kevin breaking down what we think will happen in these divisions in the NBA because the NBA's regular season tips off in five days. And, Kev, I'm hearing something you say with some of these, like, at least out west, these, like, non-Lakers teams, right? It seems like there's a correlation between any of these teams you think will overperform and the value potentially of some long shots in the MVP market, right? Like when we talk Golden State, part of that means Steph Curry returns to an MVP caliber of player when you talk about houston you could link it to harden right and his potential for mvp same with dallas and luca same with a team like dame dollar and portland i you said it with spider mitchell and utah i mentioned it with zion taking a step so that is pretty interesting to me i know you like kind of multiple ways to play it like if you like this game think about the division would you do that think about a team in one of these divisions and then tie it not to like winning the western conference or the nba championship but, like, mm-hmm. their division, right? Because that shows a little bit of an overperformance for a team probably led by one of these all-star MVP candidates. 1,000%. Also, the win totals. Use it as a bit of a threshold sure. at the minimum. If you think that player X is going to win MVP, but they're going to go under their win total, they're not going to win MVP. They're not going to win MVP. <laughs> right. Okay? So, just I think that's a great way to look at it. At the minimum, it can be a threshold for how serious you can take the person that you might be considering. And I think it's a right. great way to where, yeah, maybe I don't get 85 to 1 on Donovan Mitchell to win MVP, 
but I get plus 220 on him to win the division. Yep, fair enough. I mean, in this next division, maybe you would need to do it in the inverse, right? Because as we look at the central, the Milwaukee Bucks are minus 1450 to win the division. I know nobody wants to lay that wood, so maybe you do it in the inverse with Giannis to go and take his third MVP award. Maybe that's the way to skin the cat. Obviously, we think the Bucks will win this division. Kev, tell me about some of the other teams, the Pacers, the Bulls. Do you see any of them kind of maybe uh, threatening the playoffs or making a run? or kind of some of these kids gelling together in a place like Chicago? And this is the thing about Milwaukee is everyone knows no matter what you think about them when it comes to the postseason, they're, they're going to be a great regular season team. The Pacers yes. are the only other team in this division that's supposed to make the playoffs. So it's a complete okay. joke. If you are going to bet in this market, you take the Pacers to 12-1 to and you hope that Giannis misses significant time. And as far as these other teams in within this division – you're just hoping that you can find one to ride against the number. I mean, the right. Bulls, I'm out on. Billy Donovan's year one, I'm good. Cleveland, crazy young. I think they're going to be scrappy, but I don't know how much past that. And Detroit, all year long, I'm going to hope that Blake Griffin gets moved to a contender because I still think that Blake can contribute at a reasonable level as long as he stays healthy. Fair enough. We uh, He has gotten to his part of the career where people are almost like rooting for him, right? You know, people didn't like mm. him necessarily when he was throwing down jams at Oklahoma or flying over cars in the dunk contest. But now people are like, ah, he deserves a chance. So I like that. Um, in the next division we go to, in the Southeast, we have the defending Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat, and they are minus 300 favorites. Actually, Kev, outside of the Bucks, it is the Heat that are the biggest favorites to win their division at minus mm-hmm. 300. So we think that's going to happen. We know they are loaded, right, and young kids coming through, even maybe more from some of their young kids, like um, – a guy like Dunn, for example. But anyway, I digress. What about some of these other teams? I mean, I said yeah, Dunn, I meant none, I believe. But what about some of these other teams? What about like Atlanta, Washington, who now has a Westbrook? Um, what about, say, the Hawks? A lot of people like what they're doing. A lot of young talent there, augmented by veteran presences in the offseason, like Rondo and Gallinari. Yeah, I, I think the Heat are, are rightful favorites. I think minus 300 is a number you could actually consider laying. It's tough to do in a futures market, though, so it's probably not the best move. Atlanta's really exciting. They've added a ton of new pieces. They have. They are expected, though, to really improve. And sometimes that level of jump is a lot to ask from a team. The Wizards bring in Russell Westbrook who is a really difficult player to rank. If I made, if I made you rank your 25 best players in the NBA, Russ is someone you're going to sit and stare at for a long time and tell me, no, nah, I'm done, I give you a top 10, don't ask me again. Uh, the Magic, Markel Fultz, most improved player. I think he could be alive in that race. I, I don't know what else to say about the Magic, though. Lucevic is really good. I think Clifford's done a nice job Neither. there. But no one is no one is excited about the Magic. And then my beloved Charlotte Hornets. I am pumped about LaMelo Ball. Although we just had Gordon Hayward pick up an injury uh, yesterday. So now I don't know if he's going to be. I know, right? It was like the fifth. They said his fifth finger. Like, is that not just the pinky? Like, I don't know. But then it was like the fifth metacarpal. I I don't know what's going on. But Hayward maybe not going to be ready to go uh, opening night. And 
at, you know, come on, at 30 to 1, am I going to sell you on, on the Hornets to win this division? No. Do I think Charlotte can outperform their expectations? Yes, but their expectations are the worst team in their division. Yeah, fair enough. And if we go through in the Eastern Conference, we talk about the Southeast, we talk about the Central, because we we believe the Heat, we believe the Bucks will not only win this division, but be probably two of the top, I don't know, four, five contenders. They will be standing there probably with a home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs, as we talked about with Kevin earlier in the show. Maybe there'll be fans in the buildings right down on South Beach or up in Milwaukee as well. But I now turn your attention, Kev, to the division that I think is the most interesting and the only division where the favorite to win the division is also at plus money, okay? That speaks to the fact that there are um, differing opinions when we get to the Atlantic division. Right. And this one is going to be, I think, the most exciting race, because honestly, Kev, I believe people could make a case for three or four teams in this division. I'm not going to be the guy who makes the case for the Knicks. Don't get me wrong, even though I do believe that they've got some young talent. Quigley look good. Uh, OB look good. Mitch Robinson's walking double-double. We even got, you know, RJ rounding into form. We'll see if that's enough to magnetize an actual star to come on over in next year's uh, offseason where cap space needs to be spent eventually. But I digress. Let's talk about the top of that division kev pick your horse bro pick your horse in this division outside of the milwaukee bucks it seems like the atlantic has like three of the next four best teams in the east right when you look at the brooklyn nets at plus 140 the boston celtics who you know ain't going anywhere at plus 250 a lot of people think that maybe philly can figure themselves out a la the cleveland browns of the nba at plus 390 then you know there's always toronto there who did lose sergi baka but they bring fv back on an almost max deal what do you think about the atlantic pick your horse brother man i don't want to look at the end of the day this is there's no hyperbole here these are four of the top six teams in the futures market to win the east East, yeah all in one division it is really difficult here's what i know i know i'm not to win the division Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is a great one to punch. I think Tristan Thompson can be good for them, and Brad Stevens is a very good head coach. But Kemba's going to be missing some time, and I think, and they lost Gordon Hayward for nothing. I think they're short on depth coming into this season. I'm good on teams that are short on depth. So, all right, I've narrowed it down to three. The Raptors are a team that I respect a ton. They continue to find ways to win. They lost Kawhi last year and then had a better regular season record than Kawhi's new team. They did lose Serge Ibaka and Marcus Saul, able to retain FVV. What does Pascal Siakam look like coming off of last season where he was incredible during the regular season, really flamed out in the postseason, Ultimately, I don't know if the Raptors have enough horses. All right, so I've eliminated them. We're down to Brooklyn and Philly. And Brooklyn is plus 140, but it's a brand new team. It's a it, yeah. And Durant, though, might be the best player in the East. And Kyrie can be incredible. And I think they're deep as well. Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, a big man rotation of Jared Allen and... and DeAndre Jordan that they're going to get wrong for a while because Durant is forcing them to start DeAndre Jordan. It is what it is. But they are deserving favorites. 
Philly, <laughs> Simmons and Embiid. I mean, listen, it is one of the few one-two punches that, if everything works out, can be labeled the second best in basketball. I just don't think anybody has any right to call anyone outside of LeBron and AD the best duo in basketball. So the second what best What about in Kyrie basketball, and KD? What about Kyrie and I just KD? Don't, yeah. I don't think you have any right labeling them that with LeBron and AD coming off of the title. That That's just how I view that conversation. If Maybe some people will disagree. But Philly had an offseason where they did add some shooting, Danny Green and Seth Curry, and I think people are excited about that. Tobias Harris, even if he's paid like a max superstar, isn't that, but he can still be a really solid player for this team. So Philly's your Rivers, it's between Philly and Brooklyn. And it's tough. The plus 390 on Philly is enticing. The thing is, James Harden might be on one of those teams. Like, James Harden might completely alter these division odds. And that's what makes this division really, really difficult to play in. I will say this. If James Harden lands on the Sixers and Simmons and Embiid are not moved, that would be mind-blowing to me. And... I think they should move Embiid over Simmons. But I think it's become abundantly clear that they would be more likely to move Simmons over Embiid. And people believe that if James Harden, whoever he gets traded to, becomes the favorite in the East. I disagree with that. I do not think that Harden and Embiid make them the favorite in the Eastern Conference. So, but if Brooklyn gets Harden, I mean, it doesn't matter what they give up, whether it's Kyrie or everything else. They're the favorites in the Eastern Conference. I guess I have to go with the favorite. I think you can, though, make compelling cases for all four teams. I think it's really, really hard. I think it's accurate that it's the only division with no minus money favorite. Hey, Kev, let me uh, ask you again about this idea of, especially in a division like this, if you want to kind of split up the unit and ride a potential MVP horse at the same time, right? Like, Kev... Kevin Durant at 13 to 1 to win the MVP. Like, did people just forget that Kevin Durant, like who Kevin Durant is? And here's the other thing, Kev. When he was with the Warriors, right? He had Clay and Steph and Dream. They were deferring, they were playing the beautiful game, right? This, I know Kyrie is the ball dominant player and all that. I understand that. But I really believe there is a path to people like middle of the season being like, oh, yeah, that's right. Kevin Durant, many people, I know you talk about LeBron, Kevin, and I'm not trying to throw shade on that, right? But when Kevin Durant, pre-injury, people had thought that he had already taken the mantle over LeBron as like the best player on planet Earth. Whether you believe he's one, two, three, splitting hairs, whatever. Have we forgotten about how great KD is? And if Brooklyn, you think, is a top three potential team, 13 to one for KD? I've been intrigued by that. Yeah, I think you should be. Here's the deal. I've come to terms with this over the Split past the couple unit. of days. In pro- Brooklyn to win the I'm division, KD to win the MVP. Look, I'm going to end up picking LeBron to win this award again, right? And when I have to sell people on it being a genuine belief and not just some biased thing, what I'm going to tell you is that the best player in the world is priced as the seventh best chance to an MVP. Well, Durant is probably the second best player in the world in most people's eyes. And he comes in as the sixth best odds at 13 to 1. Yeah, it's good value. No doubt about it. Yeah, word up. So we'll talk about it. They tip off next week. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. Right here onto the early line, giving you the edge, Dane and Kevin. Kev, one of the things we've been talking about all week long, we were, you know, reacting to the college football playoff standings. We had our guy Joe Lisi on. There's conference championships aplenty this weekend. I consider it pretty much the best weekend in football, right? Like, there is 10 conference champions, all with intrigued, whether it's some of the little boys like Louisiana, Lafayette, and Coastal Carolina, whether it's our squad Buffalo from the MAC. Big shout out to Mid May. Matt, but one of the most important ones and is definitely the ACC championship game with number two Notre Dame taking on number three Clemson. Kev, this is obviously a linchpin for the college football playoffs. The matchup of, you know, kind of the best matchup of the season, two versus three in the polls. And we're going to have it all covered, Kev, right here on SportsGrid in-game live. This is really going to be the best place to watch the ACC championship game with prop bets, live totals, live lines. You don't like the 10.5? That's okay, Kev. Just get it live. You're impressed by what Ian Book is doing? Go bet it live. Mm -hmm. I know, Kev, you have plenty of experience, and you'll be watching this game on Saturday too, right, brother? Oh, I will be. Uh, I'll be tuned in. The Walsh House will be uh, ready to go. From a Notre Dame fan perspective, the absolute joy of having everyone tell us that we are Fugazi because we don't belong to a conference, to then enter the conference for one year and have a guy like Brian Kelly unseat Dabo Sweeney would be an absolute treasure. Uh, you mentioned it. The props market will be flowing. Uh, I believe it's going to be both Jared Smith and Mike Carver on the call. Jared's been playing around in college football props all year long, so he'll be have you covered from that angle. And Carver's a Notre Dame fan. means that guy knows what he's talking about, and I follow him to the end of the earth. And I'll just say this coming into the matchup. Notre Dame is getting 10.5 points, and they won the game the first time. Who wins outright crazy. on Saturday? Who wins outright on Saturday? I will biasly pick Notre Dame. All right, he's got Notre Dame winning the ACC championship. When we come back, we see who Kevin likes to win the other championships. And ultimately, what that means for the chips, how they fall for the college football playoff. We'll do that in hour number two when we come back. 